between the years 2002 and approximately 2011. I lived in Lubbock, Texas, and at that time I was playing bridge at the Bridge Center. Almost every person at that Bridge Center attended church somewhere. There were, was at least one Catholic, several Church of Christ members played bridge, Baptist, Presbyterian, probably some non-denominational. Almost every one of them told you where they went to church. They quickly identified the church they attended. They told how wonderful the church was. I feel almost certain that every one of them thought they were speaking about God when, when they were speaking about their pastor or their church group. In the years I was at the Bridge Center, I do not recall anyone ever sharing anything that was of God. What are you trusting in? What am I trusting in? Who are we trusting in? Or in whom are we trusting? Who are we praising with our mouth? Who do we talk about? What do we talk about? There was a woman at the Bridge Center who was Catholic, and she quickly told you she was a Catholic. We became friends and were often going to dinner or something like that. Sometimes we played bridge as partners. She watched what I did in my life and was often impressed by what I was doing. When I changed my fireplace from gas logs to wood burning, she was very impressed. I told her immediately, the reason I changed this is God showed me it was all right for me to do this. She didn't tell people that when she spoke of what I was doing. She always told them about me and what I was doing. But when I heard her speak of me, I would always say, No, God showed me I could do that. Otherwise, I would not have done it. I was persuaded that I had God's approval to do this. Remember now, we're talking about people who identify themselves as Christians. But this Catholic woman never wanted to hear me say that. I could tell. 
And she never said that God told me to do something when she talked to other people. It was always praising me for what I had done, for my wisdom. My wisdom didn't enter into the picture. I didn't make any moves until I felt God showed me I had approval to make that move. For example, concerning the wood-burning change, I was driving down the street and stopped at a signal light. A pickup truck pulled up to the left side in the left lane. I noticed it had a trailer and loaded on the trailer was firewood. I was thinking how much I wished I had a wood-burning fireplace instead of gas logs. Immediately, the Holy Spirit brought the following to my mind. You can have that. I thought about it. I guess I could. I could change my fireplace from gas logs to wood burning. But see, I knew it wasn't my idea to do this. I knew that idea was from God. When you have the approval of God on a project, you have everything you need. If God is with us, who can be against us? I want to be sure that the idea is from God before I do something. When somebody admires what I do, I openly tell that person, this wasn't my idea. God showed me that I could do this. Most people I've found take pride in their own wisdom. Even Christians, they want to exalt themselves in the eyes of other people. I came to the position that I no longer wanted to do that. Several years ago, I saw that scripture in Philippians chapter 2 where Paul told us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who made himself of no reputation. And basically, Jesus followed God and God's plans to the cross. I focused on that scripture, make yourself of no reputation. I tried as best I could to live that scripture. I don't want people to think I'm wise. I want them to think here is a person who turns to God and seeks his wisdom, and hears from God. That's the only thing important.
Let's read that passage of scripture in Philippians 2. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. During that time, I was playing bridge. Our goal was to beat other people. It troubled me greatly. I couldn't imagine Jesus or Paul spending their time trying to beat other people. And yet I was spending my time doing that. I kept praying, God, help me to get out of this. Eventually, he did. And I had the strength, because of what he did, to leave the bridge center. Let nothing be done through strife, or vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What that means is, Jesus was in the form of God, but he didn't have to outdo God. Even though he was God, and by him all things were created by the word. He made himself lower than the angels, and came to earth in the form of a man. And he followed God, even unto death, even the death on a cross, which was the most despicable of all forms of death. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, He didn't have to make himself equal to God in the sight of other people. But he made himself of no reputation. This is the thing that I saw when I was at the Bridge Center and I just kept thinking, this can't be the way I'm supposed to go. Jesus made himself of no reputation, and we were trying to win. This can't be the way I'm supposed to go. So I prayed for God to give me the strength and power to depart from the bridge center, and he did. But while I was at the Bridge Center, I was with all of these people. I would say that out of the whole group of people, I only met one person who did not claim to be a Christian. And yet she got very angry with me one time when I mentioned something being done wrong in the Catholic Church. And she said, my husband was a Catholic. He was dead at the time. Don't say anything against the Catholic Church. My husband was a Catholic. He was an old drunk. He died of drunkenness. It's incredible. Of course it's sad. 
we can't go the way they go. The recent virus situation around the world should show us how fast these worldly riches can change. Basically, in a twinkling of an eye, it can all be gone. If we are trusting in anything that we can see with our natural eye, it can be destroyed and will be destroyed at the end. Do you know how this world ends? The Bible tells us. It tells us exactly how it ends. After the great tribulation, after the wrath of God, the end of the world comes. We read about it in Second Peter chapter 3. Verses 10 through 14. Peter tells us the thing that will happen at the end of the world, how it will end, and he tells us how we should be living today. Starting at verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Everything we can see with our natural eye will be destroyed. All these things that we have bought and stored up and have sitting in our houses will be destroyed. These are temporary things given to us by the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. But if we trust in them in any way, we're in trouble. If we trust in the money that we might have accumulated in our savings, that could be wiped out and so fast that we wouldn't even know what hit us. Then what? We must turn from that and trust in the unseen in God. Can we do that? God is a spirit. They that worship God must worship him, says Jesus, in spirit and in truth. Continuing with 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, says Peter, looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look 
for such things. Be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Three things, in peace, without spot, and blameless. If there's anything you're concerned about, any possible future thing, what might happen if this happened, what is likely to happen, if you're concerned about anything or dread anything, you are not living in peace. And the reason you're not living in peace, you didn't take it to God in prayer and lay out all of your concerns before God. Because if you had done that, the Apostle Paul said, the peace of God which passeth all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus if you have brought everything to God in prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament, God led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They were going out into a vast wilderness where there was no food and no water. Did God provide for them? A few days before all of the shutdowns that we saw in March happened to the United States, where there was such panic over this virus and such fear, and they closed everything. Unprecedented to see everything closed like that. A few days before that, I got to thinking about that manna that God provided. And I was thinking, if we did not have access to natural food, if we didn't have a place to get food or money to get food with, God could just cause manna to come up in the backyard. And if that is true, can we believe that God is going to provide for us? Can we believe it to the extent that we can turn to God with our concerns and express them to God and receive whatever it is we need to cause us to live in peace? Can we do that? Everything, every care, every concern must be taken to God in prayer. Thanksgiving is also a very important ingredient. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for the provision that you've made for me at this point in my life. 
continually thanking God is a part of living in peace. God knows the future. You might think you're planning for the future. You might have neighbors that you're telling your plan to for the future. Everything could be totally blown up and you left with nothing. Do you have God? If so, you have everything and if you don't, you have nothing. But we need to trust in God. We need to be able to tell people what he is doing for us, not telling what we've done, but what he did. I did this because God showed me to do it. Having the courage to show the things God has done in your life. So Peter says, when Jesus returns, we want to be found in peace, without spot, and blameless. You cannot be sitting with people who pervert scripture and change scripture and showing your approval by your being with them. You can't be living that way and be without spot. So that is a very important point. There have been times I've said to God, it's hard for us because we are flesh as well as spirit. And to communicate with you can be difficult for us. Please help us to be able to communicate with you in a proper way. For God is spirit. Jesus said, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's in John chapter 4. You can begin to turn this around immediately by doing this one thing. Consider anything that you're afraid of, any person that you're afraid of, anything that you might dread that is on the horizon in the future. Take each concern to God in prayer, one at a time, in childlike trust, simply saying, I'm afraid of this. I don't know how to handle this. Please help me. Simplicity and honesty. One of the 
stories that I love the most is the story of Pam Paget. When she was about 14 years old, one of her classmates was killed on a motorcycle. She was shown that night that he had been killed. So when her mother told her the next day that he had been killed, Pam said, yes, I know. The mother thought maybe she had been talking to one of her friends and had already found out, but that's not what happened. God showed her in a dream that he was killed. For the first time, Pam realized she could die. And she knew she couldn't trust in what the Catholic Church was teaching. So she turned to God and said, Please help me. If there's any way you can help me, please help me. I don't know if I'm supposed to pray to God or to Jesus or to the Holy Spirit. I know that there are the three things, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but I don't know which one I'm supposed to pray to. So please, will you get this prayer to the right person? Or to the right one? She was definitely helped. She was born again that night. And she knew something was in her that was of God. But for years, she didn't know what it was. It wasn't until she was reading 1 Corinthians 6. And Paul was talking about Know ye not, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit, who is in you? And then she knew, it is the Holy Spirit of God that's in me. And she learned how to hear the Holy Spirit of God and how to follow God. It's not an automatic thing. We have thoughts that come that are from the devil. We have thoughts that come from our own flesh and we have thoughts that come to us from the Spirit of God and we learn the characteristics of God's wisdom and how to recognize it when God brings to our mind his thoughts but the devil will try to make it sound good and will try to be as God to us in the thoughts he brings. So we have to learn these things. There's a proverb which says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's in Proverbs 16, 25. The primary ways that I know when God is speaking to me, is it simple to do what I'm being encouraged to do? Is it easy to be entreated? And is it relatively inexpensive? I don't find God's yoke to be hard. If there's a very hard yoke, 
that comes to my mind on something to do, I know it is not God. James chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So if you're trying to outdo somebody, or if you are trying to get what they have, there is going to be confusion and evil work. You have to recognize that if you're doing it, what I would do in that case is turn to God and ask him to forgive me and to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me and help me to get free from this envy and strife. He will. If you want to get free, he will help you. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. I was speaking with a young woman, and I said to her something about, if you have a problem, what do you do? And she had identified herself to me as a Christian. And she said, well, I pray. And then I said to her, And then what do you do? How do you recognize the ideas that God would send you in answer to your prayer? She couldn't tell me. Few people can tell you that, though it's in the Bible for us. It's in James 3.17. Every scripture that I've spoken to you today, I have put in writing on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations, on the right-hand side of the blog, you can see, you will see the word podcast, recordings and scriptures. You'll find this recording by tapping on podcast, that link. It will take you to our podcast. You can find this exact recording And in this recording, underneath the area of the recording, you will see all of the scriptures. You could take these scriptures and begin living them. Living the scriptures is the way you abide in Jesus. Living the scriptures is the key. Doing the scriptures in your own life. Once again, the name of that blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you very much for allowing me to speak to you today.